0: Wanted to honor you that you that have served, and anyone here that has family that has ever served in the military, um, we just wanted to honor you and honor your family, and and just kind of you know remember today. It's not Memorial Day, it's Veterans Day, so we're not we're not memorializing those who have perished, but there have been a lot of people who have perished serving our country. And so I thought today that we would just you know kind of talk about these two flags, and and understand when I talk about these, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few times in my sermon to serve this flag, you don't serve a flag, okay? You serve a country or you serve a kingdom in which the flag represents. So if I say that, understand that that's where my heart is. I'm saying that we are serving the country or we were serving our kingdom, amen? And so I want to draw some parallels between being an American veteran and also being a spiritual veteran this morning. That's what my sermon's about today. Uh, uh, You know, I have these two flags. I brought them forward. They're always hanging here. They're always in the back. It's kind of a shame that they're in the back and they lose... They lose their luster in the background of things. But this morning, we need to bring them forward. We even uh, put a couple out front as you enter this morning because we wanted to let you know that that we are Americans here, amen? But we are also people of God. We are in the Lord's army, if you will. And so you you probably know this, but just for for the sake of humoring, Pastor Ron, I just want to tell you, you know, the U.S. flag is a strong symbol of the American identity and national pride. Stars are symbols of the heavens and the goals at which mankind aspire. The stripes are symbolic rays from the light from the sun. For us, it's the S-O-N. Amen? There's 13 stripes that represent the original 13 colonies that declared independence from England. And there's 50 stars that represent the 50 states of the United States of America. The white signifies the purity and the innocence, and the red signifies valor and bravery and the blue signifies perseverance and justice. So that's the American flag. And I don't know, we probably need to turn the eagle forward there. That's our flag. And that's what it symbolizes. So when you see this flying around town or all over America, that's what, that's what, that's what in essence what we're saying. Now the Christian flag, this one needs to be turned a little bit too. There we go. Of course there's a cross on it. Anybody want to guess what that signifies? <laughs> you should all pass that test. But the clo- colors on the, on the Christian flag match the same colors as the American flag. You know, our, our, our America was founded on Christian principles. You know, we've moved away from that. I'm not here to preach about that today. But, but obviously, we have moved away from some of those principles. The white represents purity and peace in this flag. And the blue indicates faithfulness, and the red stands for the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ. So that's the Christian flag, and those are what we saluted this morning, those are what we recognize. And, and this one this one represents our country. This one represents the kingdom which we now belong to, the kingdom of heaven. So today I want to take a look at this about spiritual veterans. In my, in my, my uh, theme text or the, the text for my sermon, I have a lot of scriptures. so if you have your Bible and you feel like exercising today, you're going to have to do a lot of catching up. They're all going to be up here, or at least most of them are going to be up here, um, but my, my theme verse today is out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, so I'd like to read that to you as we get started today, and then I want to I pray. The Bible says that you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I know we don't want to read that, do we? (laughs) No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affair of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You know, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity this morning to, to recognize those who have served our country, but also to recognize today that... All of us who call ourselves Christian, all of us who have given our life and heart to Jesus Christ are in a spiritual army. We have enlisted into the Lord's army, and Lord, we need to become veterans of this thing. We need to stay the course and run the race. And God, I pray this morning that we would just be open-minded and open-hearted, that we would hear what the Spirit says to us, that we would leave this place encouraged and strengthened in our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I don't like that verse number three, that you got to endure hardship as a good soldier, but if you serve the military, you know what that's about, even if you weren't in wartime. There's some hardship involved, and I'll talk about a few of those and maybe a couple of personal stories as we go through this this morning, but no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. In other words, you know, sometimes you got to separate yourself from life. Sometimes you got to remove yourself from the things that are important to you in order to serve either your country or your kingdom. You have to be able to separate yourself and say, take a back step and say, you know what, I need to do this. And that's my first point. We all do this as volunteers. We are all volunteers. In either, You know what, the, 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 the American no longer, uh, what was that, drafts individuals, and they haven't done it in 40 years. You have to register as an 18-year-old, and I don't even know how stickler they are about that. But it doesn't do anything about the draft but they were asked, we're asked to volunteer to serve our country. And I'll tell you this, God doesn't force anyone to serve his kingdom. He doesn't require anybody. He's not forcing you to be a part of his kingdom, but he is calling people, and he's pleading with people to volunteer to come to salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I signed up for this gig. I signed up for that gig, and I signed up for this gig. Amen. And I'm proud of both. I'm more proud. I'm, I'm more prouder of this gig. But I I love the fact that I was able to serve my country. God sends out, or, you know, America now, instead of uh, of drafting, they send out recruiters. How many of you, well, the kids went next door, but the kids know. They're on campus. They're everywhere, man. They're telling you how great it is to be a Marine or how wonderful it is to, to serve in the Army and and the Air Force, and the Navy, and the Coast Guard, and, and all these different military opportunities. And, you know, we also have recruiters. Look at your neighbor and say, You is he, or you is her. You, it's you and me. We're, we're to call people. We're, the Bible says to go out, right, and compel others. We are the recruiters of the Lord's army today. And, and Jeremiah, I love this verse, 44. Verse 4, it says, however, I have sent to you all my servants and prophets. In other words, everybody's going out. He's sending us out to everybody. There is not going to be a deaf an ear that does not hear about the gospel before his return. That's scriptural. And we are all called to do that thing. And we could read the rest of that verse, but it just says that we tell people don't do that thing that he hates. Stop doing that thing that he hates. Right? That's part of our call is to to love people, to help them with, "Ah, you know, that's kind of strange, buddy. (laughs) Maybe we don't want to live that way. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I looked up the word ambassador for you, and it says it's an official representative of a king or a government. Do you know that you are the official representative of Jesus Christ? Yes. That after you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are his ambassador, yes. meaning you have, you have power, you have privileges, you have authority. Come on, somebody. Yes. There's too many Christians walking around without any authority. I don't know. I see you guys fanning yourself, and I'm sweating up here, so do you mind if I do this a little bit? Just to kind of stir it up. It got warmed, didn't it? It's because I'm preaching fire up here. No, I'm kidding. I haven't got there yet. We're going to. But we're ambassadors. I love that. Man. Oh, yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know where my mind drifts to when I think of that kind of stuff. I think about the old man, the old Ron Wilson. I think about how I couldn't be trusted to, to do anything. And then the Lord comes into my life and says, Now you're my ambassador. Now now you have responsibilities. Now you have, you have recognition. Now you have power. Now you have influence. Now you have favor. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You realize you have all those things as an ambassador of Christ? Yeah. It, it's not just to win the loss, but that's what he gave it to you for, was to go out and compel others to come in. Second Peter says this in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all, who? All should come to repentance. So you mean that guy down there, passer-on on the street corner that, that flips everybody off and does the weird, yeah, even him, yeah. You mean, you mean that guy, I think his name's Charles Manson, that went to prison for, yeah, even that guy. God would that all would come to repentance. Everybody, lotty, dotty, everybody, amen. That's what he wants. So unlike our U.S. military, Jesus Christ will never turn down a volunteer. Hey, the military, they're going to test you. You've got to take this thing called ASVAP, right? You had to get a 50%. I got a 51, just so you know. <laughs> Back in the day, I, you know, didn't like school much and dropped out and those kind of things. But uh, I'd probably get about a 52 now. I'm better. <laughs> I'm better. But Jesus will never turn down anybody for his army, no matter what their limitations are. It doesn't matter if you have a, a club foot. It doesn't matter if, 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 if you have depression. It doesn't matter if you struggle with things and, and, and your walk is wobbly. Huh? God will take you just like you are. You walk up to a recruiting station with liquor on your breath. I want to join the army. They'll be like, get out of here, man. You walk up to the Lord like that, say, I want to join your army, and he says, come. Come on in. Amen? Jesus is pleading for every person to come and, and, and to serve him willingly. Listen, no one exempt, no one is excluded, and no one has ever turned away. Nobody. Nobody, but nobody, right? So number one, we got to volunteer, Steve. He's looking for some volunteers. Number two, it's going to take complete faith. What we'll if you volunteer for the Army? We're talking about becoming spiritual veterans today, not just the soldiers. It's one thing to be a soldier, it's one thing to sign up, put your name on the die line, and you've got to go through boot camp. You've got to go through all those. You've got to go through schooling. You've got to do all that. You've got to go through training. You to become a veteran, the same thing is true for Christians. We've got to go to schooling, we've got to walk through some hardships. And endure and persevere. You want to know why boot camp is boot camp? Be- for that very reason. To toughen you up. To make a leader out of you. They don't want people in the army that can't deal with a little bit of that pansy stuff. You know what I'm saying? They don't need you. They need people who are seasoned. And, and that's where we're going with. It's going to take complete faith to become a veteran of this army. We're going to have to hang in there during the tough times. You know, when you serve this flag, you have to have faith that America is going to supply all your needs. They tell you what to wear, what you're going to eat, all these things. They they cover They even tell you who your friends are going to be, don't they? When you serve this class, this flag, you also have to have faith that Jesus Christ is going to provide for every one of your needs. You've got to know that... God's going to cover it. I love these verses that I'm about to read to you. Philippians 4, 19. We can recite this one, can't we? And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Right? We know that. And I think we get these things memorized, and it just becomes like a, a memorized scripture. And it loses something here. But it's the truth. My God shall supply all my needs. All of them. Every single one of them. I have not been lagging, begging for bread since I enlisted and volunteered for this army. Have things been tight here and there? Heck yeah. Do I look like I miss many meals? No. (laughs) Only if it's on purpose and I'm fasting, okay? Other than that, I'm not missing too many meals. Not because I can't afford to eat, you know what I'm saying? Even if I couldn't, I got a food bank right here. I know, Pastor Tiny. Michelle would feed me, wouldn't you? You would. Matter of fact, they're always trying to give you here. Why don't you take? I don't want it. I don't want. I don't need it. Do I look like I need that? My daughter yesterday. She says, "I got a two pack." I said, well, You got a two pack? I got a one pack. It's just one big." You know what I'm saying? Matthew chapter six says this: Therefore, do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat?" or "What shall we drink?" or "What shall we wear?" For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly fathers know that you need all these things. Listen, read verse 33 with me if you can see it there. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Wow. Sometimes we get our priorities in a mess. Sometimes we're worried about... That extra job, that extra assignment, but seek first the king. If God said, go do the extra job, go do it because that's how He's going to provide. If God says don't do it, then trust He's going to provide another way. Come on, somebody. We can also have faith that Jesus is going to bring godly friendships. Remember this, this army tells you, this, this military tells you, this flag, this. They tell you who you're going to hang out with. I was assigned to a ship with like 300 something sailors. Guess what? Those were my buddies. I had much, no much choice. You know what I'm saying? God also sends people around us, people who, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. God's going to send godly people into your life so that you can serve him and then and, and you could rub off on one another and, and talk to each other about, you can't go to your Christian friends, your non-Christian friends and talk about Jesus. They're not going to get it. Even if they'll listen to you, they'll be like, that's cool, man. You know what I'm saying? They're just not going to get it. You've got to have godly friends around you, and God will make sure that, that you're not alone. 1 John chapter 1 says this, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also have friendship with us. And truly our, friend, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Move down to verse 6. The Bible says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. There's a cleansing that happens when you love koinonia, Arlene, koinonia knee when you knee one another there's a there's a cleansing there's a forgiveness that happens the lord looks and says i'm i'm pleased with that yeah there's some trouble in your life there's some there's some things i'm working with you on but man if you love one another and you embrace one another and you and you, and you just hold on to one another right there's something powerful that happens and when it comes to faith you know the lord really wants us to become true spiritual veterans you know, the Bible says that each one of us was given a measure of faith, uh, a mustard grain, it says, a little bit, poquito, for my Spanish friends, of faith. And it's up to us to build on that. It's up to us to, to exercise that faith. Uh, what does that mean, Pastor Ron? It means you've got to step out of your comfort zone sometimes. It means you've got to trust some things uh, uh, that, that are unseen, right? So people think faith is so tough, but every one of you sat in one of these chairs Faith-believing is going to hold your butt up. <laughs> Kids are next door. I said that word, but Right? We had that faith. And sometimes God speaks to us. And we just have to have the faith that God's going God's to provide every one of our needs. Number three, complete commitment. It's going to take complete commitment to become a spiritual veteran. When you serve this flag, you're expected to be completely committed to your country. Completely committed. You sign up for a term of service, four years, six years, whatever it is, they conned you, I mean, they convinced you into. Just kidding. You sign up, and and you are theirs for that period of time. You've committed your life to that period of time. And you're expected to perform the duties. I remember I graduated boot camp in San Diego. Uh, Mom, do you remember what time of year that was? It was summer. I remember it was beautiful. It was hot. And we went to the beach, and I got blister fried. I'm white. If you didn't notice, I'm white. I get, I, get, I, get, I get blistered if I spend too much time in the sun. I mean, it was 60 degrees yesterday, and I golfed, and I got a little bit of sunburn. I mean, come on. That's, that's, and that's with a base coat right now. So can you imagine four... Six weeks or however many weeks it was in boot camp and then in the sun on the beach for hours. But I heard other people complaining about their sunburns because others did the same stupid thing I did. And I found out that the the U.S. military could actually court-martial you for being sunburned. Destruction of government property. Absolutely, you are government property. They will court-martial you because you are too sick to perform your duties because you did not take care of their property So I sucked it up, and I wore the blisters, and it hurt like the dickens, you know what I'm saying? But that's how commitment it is. When you sign up for that, I don't know if it's that stringent anymore. This was a few years ago. It wasn't like in the 70s when it was really bad. But, but yeah, you have to take care of yourself. By all means, you have to take care of yourself so that you can serve your country. It's what you volunteer to do. And when you serve this flag, I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't expect anything less. He expects our complete commitment. He expects us to give him our all. He wants every bit of you. And I'll tell you what, it's so good to give it to him. Luke chapter 5 says, when you, So when they had brought their boat to the land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook it all. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 27 and 28. After these things, he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi. Sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he left all, rose up, and he followed him. So Jesus is pointing these guys out. Some of these guys the U.S. military wouldn't even list. Come on. And Jesus says, Follow me. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. So likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Listen, commitment to Jesus always requires forsaking. Let me say that again. A commitment to Jesus always requires forsaking. Forsake, cinnamon, synonyms of that word, not cinnamon toast. I know you're hungry. It, it means to abandon, it means to desert, it means to leave or to disown, it means to. To, to reject, it means to walk away, to turn away from. That's what forsaking means. So, so to, to serve Jesus, it means that you have to forsake something. You can't come into the kingdom of God and stay the way you were. You can't. You can't even if you wanted to. You just can't. You don't want to anymore. You're right. The desires of your hearts change. Listen, it's not until we give up, give up everything that we begin to increase. It's not until we give up everything that we begin to increase. I think about the story in Genesis chapter 2. I think about Abraham. So Abraham, in Genesis 12, was told that he was going to become the father of many nations and that the Lord was going to finally give him his promise, his son Isaac. And in Genesis chapter 22, God asks Abraham, he says, I'll try to paraphrase because... I had it memorized, and now I'm in front of you, so I can't remember. But he says, "Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Take him to the mountain and offer him as a burnt sacrifice to me." The next verse says, "Immediately the next day." I didn't even. I think it would be so important if if this is what transpired that it would be in the Word of God that Abraham. Pleaded with God, fasted 40 days, interceded with him, and pleaded God, no, no, no. No, he immediately took his son Isaac, gathered all the things that he would need to, to, to offer him as a sacrifice, and he went to the mountain. Listen, to offer his promise to God. I want to talk to the leaders for a minute. Sometimes we've got to lay down our promise. I want to talk to the church for a minute. Sometimes we have to lay down our promise. It wasn't until Isaac was willing to forsake God, this is the promise you spoke to me. You said, This is my promise. You said, I will be the father of many nations, and it has to start through a son. And now you're telling me to sacrifice that promise. And the Bible says he didn't even hesitate. But what the Bible says in the next chapter is that the promise of God was fulfilled. That he began to multiply and increase. And I think sometimes, family, I think sometimes we hold on so tightly to the promise. And God says, just remember Mike's testimony a couple weeks ago? Just open your hand. It's not even yours. It's, It's not even yours. It belongs to God and God gave it to you. And until we're completely willing to surrender that promise. We'll never see it fulfilled in our life. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 says, Paul said, I, I, I indeed, I also count it all things lost for the excellence of no, and knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He says, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ's. Yeah, it's all rubbish, it's all dung, it's all trash, so that I might gain Christ. Number four, complete obedience. There's a difference between obedience and commitment. Commitment says, I'm in this thing, I'm committed to it. Obedience says, I'll do it even though I don't want to. When you serve this flag, you're required to follow orders. To the letter, I remember in boot camp, I ironed my socks, T-shirts, and underwear. I did. I did. I ironed them in boot camp so that they would be perfect in my locker. And they said, that's awesome. They gave me the title of a 4-0 sailor. And then they said, now you're responsible for all other 40 men in this barracks. If they have a button unbuttoned on their shirt in their locker, you're going to marching party. If they have a sleeve folded wrong, you're going to marching party. I went to a lot of marching parties. For those fools. You, you, but it was required of me. And the obedience was, you know what they were doing in me? What, you know what they saw in me? They saw leadership. They saw something in me that I didn't see as a a young, I don't even want to go there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because it's important. And, And you've heard this from me before, but I was, by that time in my life, I was 19 years old. I had been through four recovery programs. I had been in foster care for a little while in a juvenile hall and jail a few different times. And so I enlisted in the, in the Navy to run. To get away, I had nowhere else to go. Honestly, I was too young to be sober, I thought. So I thought, I'll join the Navy and then I can drink and they'll babysit me. That's really what I thought. That's what my mentality was. <laughs> so, so I joined the military and I go into boot camp and, and I'm sober. So when I'm sober, I'm a pretty decent guy. Mindful, I'm. I'm. I'm bright, uh, you know. I'm kind of intelligent when when I'm sober. Just not by any education. I just. I got my dad's. He was smart. So was my mom. Brilliant people. They said you're a four O sailor, and we're going to make a, a a leader out of you. So you're responsible for all forty guys. <laughs> so young man, if you join the military, leave your button unbuttoned. Okay? No I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, iron your socks. I ironed my bed so the creases were tight. Uh, Yeah, I did all that stuff. It's expected. You know what? Nothing less is expected here. Complete obedience is expected in serving Jesus Christ. You don't have to iron my underwear anymore. I, I do still do my own laundry. But I do have to... I do have to spend time with Jesus. I do have to talk to my Lord. I do get to spend time with people I love right here in this room. I get to love on Jesus with all of my heart. I get to allow him to change me daily. I get to do all those things. Matthew 26, verse 19a says, So the disciples did as Jesus directed them. (laughs) <laughs> That's complete obedience. John fourteen twenty one says, He who has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I don't even want to read verse 20 to you. Because if you rebel and you refuse, you shall be devoured by my sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Last point. Complete devotion. It requires complete devotion to, to be a spiritual veteran, to, to, to serve Jesus Christ. Listen, I keep saying complete, and some of you are thinking in your mind, he's looking for perfection. No, he's not. He's not looking for perfection. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for your heart in all of this. He's looking for your willingness, your desire to be more like him. And when you serve this flag, you're, you're expected to be completely devoted to the country that it represents. Men and women have served this flag all over and, and even to the death. That's devotion. And when you serve the Christian flag, Jesus expects you to be voted, devoted to him and to his kingdom. Devoted, sold out. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine verse five says, Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Are you willing to consecrate yourself today? To devote yourself, to, to sell yourself out to him? First Samuel chapter twelve says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. Listen, Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, He saved you. And if He didn't do anything else for you, He's done enough. Listen, I deserve death. I deserve hell. And anything better than death and hell is way better than I even deserve. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Romans chapter 14 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. I belong to the Lord. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 12, it says, it says this, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It says that's the first commandment. It goes on to say what the second commandment is, love each other. Amen. I'm closing right now. Here's a poem I found. Some of you are poetic, so I thought about you. Robin, I thought about you when I found this poem. It says, One day I looked at myself, at the self that Jesus can see. I saw the person I am today and the one I ought to be. I saw how little I really pray and how, how little I really do. I saw the influence of my life, how little of it was true. I saw the bundle of faults and fears I ought to lay on the shelf I had given a little bit to God, but hadn't given myself. I came from seeing myself with a mind made up to be the sort of person that Jesus can use with a heart he may always see. You know, the the message I want to convey to you this morning is to become a true spiritual veteran of the Lord. It's going to take complete surrender, complete devotion. You know, and I have to ask myself, maybe there's someone in here today that doesn't even serve this kingdom, has, has never even given their life and heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you would think, you know, I'm caught up on this stuff. I'm caught up in the world. The United States of America doesn't seem to be what it used to be government's not helping like it used to I don't think it's the government's responsibility to help I think it's the church's responsibility to help but you hear this morning and you and and you identify with my story before Christ the lostness that I felt the brokenness that I identified with the feeling of inadequacy Dropping out of high school, chasing after drugs and alcohol and levacious living. It didn't work out for me very well until this. till one day I met my Savior. All these things I preach to you today, I don't do any of them perfect. But my heart longs for him. With every head bowed in here every eye closed. Are you here? Is there one here that would say, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Thank you. I saw your hand already. Thank you. I see your hand. I haven't even asked for hands, but thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Would there be anybody else say, you know, Pastor Ron, I I just want to pray and receive Jesus. I want to Maybe you're here and you just feel like I, I need to rededicate myself. I need to I need a do-over. You know, God does do overs. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Powerful. Powerful. Jesus is in the room. Right now he's just gonna take I see your hand, sweetheart. Would you pray this with me, everybody? Jesus, that's a tall order. Say it, that's a tall order. What you ask of me is impossible without you. Be my Lord today. Be my all. Be my Savior. Be my Savior confess that you died for me, for my sins and my transgressions. I ask you to be Lord of my life and direct my path from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord